0: From the center of the universe and the home of your Grey Cup champion, Toronto Argonauts, it's
1: the X's and Argos podcast.
0: Welcome to the X's and Argos pregame walkthrough brought to you by Something in the Water Brewing. Ben Grant joined as always by JB as we get you set for the Toronto Argonauts. Third to last game, this one against the Ottawa Redblacks, and it is the last home game for the Boatmen before the East Final. Before we get into a a lot of stuff that we got to get to today, let me tell you about something in the water brewing. If you get a chance, this Saturday is perfect because it's the last regular season home game. It's on a Saturday. Get down to something in the water pregame. JB and I will be down there as well. Uh, You know, grab yourself a Longboat, the beer dedicated to fans of the Double Blue. Or you could try something else if you want to, too. They've got uh, tons of award-winning beers. You can't go wrong with it. Even if you want to go the non-alcoholic route, there are a couple of great recommendations I have. They've got this this, uh, peach uh, fizzy iced tea that is just amazing. There's uh, also hop water, which is becoming one of my favorites, and I've done that a few times when I've been down there pregame, try it out. It's just steps from BMO Field. It's also just steps from Lamport Stadium where the Argos practice. Make sure you visit something in the water brewing. Maybe we'll see you there on Saturday before the game. Tons of stuff to get into, JB. We've got all-star voting to talk about. We've got the Argos being considered heavy, heavy Grey Cup favorites right now. People want to rant about Drake's chain and generally about the Argos not receiving enough publicity. And we'll talk about that a little bit. Plus, uh, uh, the signing of uh, Carlton uh, Agudosi from Winnipeg. That's pretty big news in, in the Toronto world. We'll get into that a little bit. Plus, we've got injury news, the game preview, OCDC one thing, predictions, put me down for 20 and CFL picks. All that more is coming up on this episode of the X's and Argos podcast. All right, news and notes, JB. Let, let's start with let's start with Carlton Agudosi, the the signing there. I think this one is an interesting one. You're always for picking up new guys, especially when they're they're coming from from good teams. Uh, what was your initial reaction with the signing of Agudosi?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I really liked him for Winnipeg. I mean, obviously he's uh, an impressive individual from measurables. Um, uh, you know, I he, he he will always seem like an ideal red zone target in terms of being able to box out guys and you know go jump a go jump a, a fade in the end zone. Um, so he, he's definitely worth a shot, I think. And uh, you know, if he, he knows things about Winnipeg, that's also kind of useful. Yeah, for sure.
0: And if you don't, if you're not familiar with Egidosi, he did play with the Bombers like last year. He got off to a sensational start with Winnipeg. Ended up. Uh, suffering a, a season-ending injury. This year wasn't quite the same. He started a few games at the beginning of the season. And then when Kenny Lawler was was brought back, he was uh, relegated to the practice squad and then released after that. And so uh, picking him up to me makes sense, not just based on the Winnipeg production, because but I do think that in itself warrants a look. When, when you've got... Any of the, the good CFL teams, when they've got guys who are starting at some point in the season, I know it's not right now, but at some point, Winnipeg, who's been a good team all year long, releases a guy. I'm all, I'm completely in favor of bringing him in because he has that starting experience there and you want to see what he can do. Now, his measurables are bananas and that's one thing that has I think tempted so many coaches they've brought him in because they look at his measurables and they're like this, this these are not normal like first of all he's almost 6'6 217 he's a, a huge target but his beyond that like he's fast he, he ran a 4'6 flat he's got a 40 plus inch vertical 40.5 inch vertical I think he had which is just like for any size that's that's a huge vertical. For a guy that's almost 6'6", that puts you so much further ahead. And he's got the wingspan on top of that. Like you, you can throw the ball like above the the uprights, and he should be able to come down with that, which is uh, an amazing, amazing catch radius. He ran a four, uh, sorry, a, a, four, a, a six, seven, nine, three cone. A four, seven, nine, three cone would be really something. Yeah, six, seven, nine, three cone, which again, for a guy that size is highly unusual. And so Coaches didn't really know what to do with him. I talked to a reporter in Arizona yesterday after the signing was made, and I asked him a little bit because he spent some time down there with the Cardinals there for two seasons down with the Cardinals, and they said, yeah, like they just had trouble kind of figuring him out. And Bruce Arians was um, sort of driven up the wall a little bit by him because he, he looked at the measurables and and looked at the production that he had at Rutgers, and they didn't really match up. And he's like, we got to find a way to use this guy. He's got so much skill and ability. Let's find a way to get this guy the ball. And it's just for some reason, every step along the way, he went to the Eagles after that, played in the XFL a little bit, went to Winnipeg. Every coach is going to look at this guy and say, we have to find a way to do it. Now, there's no pressure in Toronto. They don't need to throw him in there right away, but they're going to have an opportunity. Probably the, the last week of the season, when Toronto matches up in Ottawa, that's probably where you'll get to see Aguedosi and and really test him out and say, let's see if we can get some of his skill set working for us because he's clearly got something special. There just aren't athletes that size that can do the things he does.
1: No, he will forever get chances. I mean, usually, um, traditionally, guys who have off-the-charts measurables um, and get 100 chances, you, know, you immediately discover uh, what the issue is. Um, but, you know, I I, I like to move. And if he can be a red zone possession char- target for for Kelly, um, I you know I'm I'm all for for working on that little bit. He 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 doesn't really bring anything new to the to the wide receiver room, um, but yeah, I I think it's it's worth a gamble. Why not? I, but I wouldn't I wouldn't get that excited because usually if a guy is at like one team and they don't know how to use them, but usually when you get up to four or five six teams. Um, there's, there's usually some things that you find, uh, that don't, don't really click. Now, injuries
0: have been an issue uh, pretty much everywhere he's gone. There's been some, uh, some issues and that of course happened in Winnipeg too, but I agree with what you're saying. So yeah, grain of salt, let's see, but there's no harm in, in this move at all. There's only upside. So for me, I love the move. I think it's a a great, great signing for Toronto. JB, the all-star voting, I I don't want to I don't want to start with a rant, but I, I really want to rant about the <laughs> mm-hmm. All Star voting. It's it's not like it's it's not like it's been perfect previously. Uh, I I don't know why this rendition is making me more angry than before. So it is time to vote for All Stars, and I would encourage you, as a devoted uh, listener to an Argos podcast, you should get out there and vote for uh, for the Argos in the various different positions. Cast your ballot. It's difficult to do so, and I'm going to walk you through some of that. First of all, even finding how to vote took me a little bit. JB, how did? How long did it take you to get onto the site where you actually do vote?
1: Uh, not bad. It was it was easy. I will say, <laughs> hashtag genius. It was easier than the nightmare that was picking a fantasy team. Um, that listeners may have noticed, we quickly abandoned, and I abandoned. Um, because that was just the worst. Uh, so I will say it was an improvement on that if, if that is a uh, a faint compliment.
0: So for me, I, I found this process frustrating because I went to the CFL website. I knew there were links that you could click. I saw links on on Twitter and and uh, I know there are links all over social media. But I decided, okay, I'll just go to the, the CFL homepage. And from there, you look at all of the different dropdowns along the top. Which one do you click? You click the dot, dot, dot. That is the drop-down that you click. And then from there, you click Game Zone. From there, you then click All-Star Vote Now, which that one makes sense, but we're already into three clicks here. Your fourth click is CFL All-Star Team Selection. And now you are finally able to select your All-Stars. So you have to go looking for it. It took me, again, maybe I'm not, just, uh, I'm not computer savvy enough to do this. I am not genius enough to do it. But it just seemed to me... When you go to CFL.ca, there should be a big banner right there. All-Star, click here directly <laughs> to your page. That would, for me, that would solve a lot of problems. And, uh, and I know there are a lot of CFL fans my age looking to vote for All-Stars. So you may have gone through what I went through. And then we get to the actual setup. What has, again, been a point of frustration for me for, for a while now is the way this is set up it is not looking at quarterbacks kickers punters it's not the same as looking at receivers and dbs there are so many receivers and dbs the fact that you only get to vote for one is maddening i get only getting to vote for one quarterback you should only get to vote for one quarterback you should only get to vote for one kicker one punter absolutely to vote for one receiver and one db uh, is is beyond my understanding and to add to that frustration, they they don't even have all of them. And so, for Toronto receivers, there are six Toronto receivers you can choose from. But there's only 44 in the entire league, so there are a number of receivers on other teams that are that have have that have not shown up that aren't on there at all. And so, the Toronto's lucky, I guess, in that regard with receivers. Although that's also going to split voting. But yeah, most teams only have four receivers that you can choose from, despite the fact that they start five every week. And there are similar issues with DBs as well. But the biggest issue I have with DB is that a lot of the best DBs have been shelved under linebacker. And this is, JB, we've talked about cover linebackers and needing another distinction for this enough times that we don't need to repeat it. But if you want to vote for a Darius Pickett, for example, He's listed as a DB on the Toronto roster. You have to vote for him as a, a linebacker. Luchas Purifoy for Edmonton, if you wanted to vote for him, no, nope, he's not a safety linebacker. Uh, there's a number of guys like that that are clearly DBs, and yet they're going up against the Adam Big Hills, the Wyndham McManuses of, of the league. That's the category that they're in. So the entire setup uh, bothers me. The last thing I'll get to you, JB, I'll let you speak, I promise. The last thing is... For the alphabetizing of names, that too I have issues with. Like you look at quarterbacks, you think, well, Chad Kelly. It's not like Chad who's starting with Zed and you expect it to have to scroll down a long way. Chad Kelly's the 15th quarterback on the list. You have to go down a ways to find Chad Kelly on a list. It shouldn't be sorted this way. You should have the nine quarterbacks that you believe have a chance at the very top. So you're not scrolling down halfway through this list to try and find guys and it's such a random collection of, of candidates on there too to have this many quarterbacks and yeah, yet i mean only 44 right, receivers exactly.
1: i mean first of all you have to there has to be some uh he, i understand it's difficult but i mean you do have to make some decisions i mean clearly there are quarterbacks on there who are not going to be an all-star and i don't think it it it's outrageous for the league to to decide like okay you know, this quarterback who has no snaps or starts is not going to be an all-star this year.
0: Jared Dagey's on there. Like yeah. I, again, no disrespect to Jared Dagey, no. but you're you're not voting for him as an all-star. Even if you love the Edmonton Elks, you're not voting for him as an all-star. No, They're- you
1: have you have to curate that list a little bit. And I understand that it's simpler not to curate because then you don't have any headaches. But like I agree. I mean, I agree. Like it's it's fine. Um, but I, I you know I I agree I, I agree with your frustrations you know like wh- why not split defensive line into defensive tackle and defensive end um, those are two distinct positions they have different skill sets and you know are are as different as running back and wide receiver in a lot of ways um, you know with defensive backs what what do you do with the coverbacker you know why not why not make up your own category for coverbacker it is distinctly CFL-ian. Um you know, want to make a decision and call these people coverbackers uh, as opposed to to linebackers or or go with what the team has them registered as. I don't understand why Pickett is a linebacker. Like, who decided that? The league office? I think so. Because you, you can't just call him a linebacker. If, if the Argos call him a defensive back, then he's a defensive back. I mean, it doesn't matter where he lines up. So I'd, I'm not sure who made that decision. Yeah, I mean, I think... Uh, you know, that's not getting too into the weeds. Like I, I don't mind wide receiver. Wide receiver is wide receiver. There should be more than one, but I don't think you need to get into slot and outside. But there should be more than one wide wide receiver. And uh, you know, offensive line. Okay, I mean, I don't. I mean, maybe guard and tackle is too much, but there certainly should be more than one. If you're not going to subdivide, you you should you should open that up a tiny bit, but. You know, I think those are those are frustrations. I think on the whole, it's okay, but um, it could be better. I mean, you would like it to be run like uh, you know, like it's being run by football people, but I I don't think that's the case.
0: It, it was better run. Remember, remember as a kid. Well, you you didn't you didn't spend the your a lot of your childhood in Toronto, but like I remember going to Jays games. With the ballots and pushing the little pencil through the little holes in the ballot and handing those in as my all-star voting. That was this is like that's like forty years ago. And I feel like that was run more smoothly. So I feel like we've regressed a little bit here. I know it's a different sport, but that ballot was solid. I never had a complaint about those ballots. So if you can do it then, back in the in the eighties, surely you can figure out a way to do this a little bit more user-friendly, a bit more inclusive to players that should be on there and exclusive yeah, and you should, as well. You should
1: open it up for sure. Like you should be, you, you know, that with, with only one spot for, for some of those positions, you're, you're just leaving a lot of people out of the mix.
0: Let's get into the actual choices here. And Toronto fans, you do have to be a little strategic because of the way this is set up, because you don't get multiple votes. And it's tough with Toronto's team because there's so many positions where there aren't necessarily runaway candidates where you've got a few quality guys who uh, both or all three could very well be all-stars, and yet because of the system, probably won't. So let's go through it. So quarterback is obvious. Chad Kelly, not just as an Argo bias, I think, I think he should be an all-star. I think Chad Kelly should be the most outstanding player in the CFL based on what he's done this season, and so it makes absolute sense that you put Chad Kelly down as, as quarterback. Yeah, I mean,
1: obviously, like, I mean, I, to be honest, I, I'm OK if he if he is not, um, you know, I think it's been kind of an unusual. He's been a terrific season, um, but I wouldn't say necessarily statistically he's he's blown the roof off. I mean, I i couldn't be happier with him as our quarterback. That doesn't mean he has to be an all star.
0: He'll be an East all star for sure. And then but probably not a CFL all star. That's probably how it's going to end up going unless the West ends up splitting their splitting their votes with the the Vernon Adams camp and the Zach Calera's camp. We'll have to see how that goes. Next up is wide receiver. This one's this one's interesting because I'm not sure there is a Toronto candidate for wide receiver. I love Toronto's wide receiver room, but I love how you can go to anybody in that room. There's nobody that stands out. If you look at like the CFL stats page, which is largely up and working for this season. If you go to look at receptions, you have to actually get to page two before you find somebody uh, for Toronto, and that's DeVaris Daniels with 40 catches. But there are, I think, 27 guys ahead of him uh, in terms of receptions, so you have to work your way down to find it. And so, should an Argo receiver be an All Star? Seeing as the the Argo receiver with the most catches is 27th in the league in receptions, yeah, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't, I don't think I don't so. Think so. No, and so. so I don't
1: think so either.
0: If you are voting for an Argo, I think probably Coxie or or Daniels uh, or Phillips, I guess. But he's been out for a little while now, and will continue to be. So, but that's one where I think you can find a league favorite and say, is there is there another receiver that you're interested in in voting for? For running back, AJ Olette is the automatic Argo answer. Yeah. does he deserve and he, and to be an All Star? Right.
1: Yeah, Olette. What's that?
0: He, like to me, he will, I think he will yeah, be no, an East All-Star.
1: Absolutely. He is, he is the definition of an All-Star. I think he is, he's dominant at his position and he has had an impact in every game he's played. He is, he is one of the primary reasons the team has been so successful.
0: And I think Brady Oliveira probably ends up taking that league-wide, but. Definitely East All Star for AJ Olette and I love his pass protection as well. And that's something that doesn't get talked about enough because it's it's subtle, it's it's more quiet. He's really good at it, and he's made some key pickups in the last few games. Yeah, too.
1: and and the juice he brings. I mean, that that's an underrated aspect. But you got to have those dogs, and he he brings a juice to the offense that uh, they wouldn't have otherwise. And as a coach, you dream of having that kind of juice on offense. So. That that aspect also is is huge and, and worthy of all-star recognition.
0: For offensive line, this one's interesting because I, I think the best offensive lineman on the team is Dejon Allen. I don't think he's going to win the all-star vote. And if you only get one, maybe it makes more sense to back... An inside player. JB, who are you looking at on the offensive line?
1: Yeah, I mean, I agree with Alan. Um, I, look, I I love Ryan Hunter. I think that he has been the sort of secret sauce that when they added him last year, everything clicked into place. Um, having him this year has made them incredibly successful. I think that he is, you know, quietly one of the biggest signings they've made in the last three years. Um, I, I think his... His value to the team, his flexibility, um, his ability um, has just been unbelievable. I just think it's one of those things where it doesn't get talked about very much, but he, he is a cornerstone. If I'm going to pick like four cornerstones, I would make him one of the cornerstones of this new Grey Cup challenging ergo uh, era.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think as I think just as a guard, he's outstanding. But like you talked about, too, he's he's versatile. He play, ended up finishing the game at right tackle uh, last no, he's time. Like, out. He's
1: like a consummate professional offensive lineman. I mean, it, you just, you know, it's unbelievable uh, the way they added him. And again, <laughs> the way nobody talks about him.
0: Linebacker is next. We're on to the defensive side. I don't know what to do here because do well, it's, it's got to be McManus or Pickett, right?
1: Yeah, I mean I still am for Pickett for defensive player, but not at linebacker. I'm not gonna participate in this. He is a defensive <laughs> back. Winton McManus is the best linebacker in the East, if not the league. Uh he is a linebacker. Pickett is a defensive back, and I'm not I'm not participating in that all-star shenanigans.
0: I agree. And it's unfortunate for Pickett. It's unfortunate for a few guys on this list, but I think the correct Linebacker vote goes to Wendy McManus. I think he might be the best linebacker in the league. He's certainly in the conversation, and he's hot right now too. Yeah, uh, two touchdowns in the last three games. But, uh, but I'm three still, picks.
1: I'm still supporting Pickett for defensive, you know, player. Yeah, but I'm, yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to make. He's not, he's not, <laughs> he's not the best linebacker. He's not even a linebacker for God's sakes.
0: Defensive line, uh, this one for me is a little easier because. I have felt all season long that Hendricks is the guy. Yes. So I think that's an easy vote for again. There should be more than
1: one. Like it's again the tackle and the end thing. Like obviously, Oakman has been fantastic, and he is, um, you know, kind of like if an all star is a guy who changes games, right? Like not just a like steady guy, but like somebody who really pops and um, makes memorable plays. You know, I mean, Oakman is an all-star. I, there's just no way you can deny that statement. He is a CFL defensive line all-star. Um, and yet, but, and we, we do not even talk about you know, for a rebel yeah, You know, like like Ryan Hunter. I mean, like Hendricks is a consummate professional. He, he he fits perfectly into coach's system. Um, and, uh, you know, I certainly hope coach does not try and take him when he leaves. Um <laughs> He's just really he's he's when when they let him pass rush he's great at pass rush. Um, he is he's terrific at the run. He's always in the right position. Um, you know he sets he sets the wall. Uh, yeah, I mean Hendricks is is so good for the team. I I just think ugh. Uh, I I'm gonna say Hendricks, but I I I can I can understand an Oakman vote.
0: And see, and I would go Arimelade over Oakman, but that's the thing—you've got so well, I mean, many he can options. He cool down a
1: little bit. Not, he has, you know.
0: he has, but I think it's more that the teams have sort of adjusted right. and are doing things they don't want to do, but they're doing it to avoid getting sacked every yeah. every snap. Um, so I don't know, and I think you know both Hendricks and Flow are opening things up. Uh, Oakman opens things up. Like that defensive line just, is you look what makes at Hendricks, this work. He just does everything. He does, he does. everything.
1: Yeah. I think he's he is. You know, he's like a player's choice. I bet you if the players voted, um, they would vote for him. So now we're on to defensive
0: back, and you can't vote for Pickett. So what is <laughs> so what do you do? Yeah. What do you do here?
1: Uh I mean it's hard. The Argos have had a lot of injuries, and there were certainly guys who would be right there, you know, had they been able to play every game, that who have had all star stretches and they got hurt. Uh, if if I have to pick one, I think um you know quietly Mechie has had a fantastic season. Um, he's been absolutely dependable, and um has a truckload of tackles. Um, I like I like Mechie. I think I think Mechie has been has been an all star.
0: And he's been a little bit like Ryan Hunter too, where when they've needed to move somebody, it's Mechie because he's so talented. He's played yeah. defensive back, he's played Sam, he's he's moved all over the field to accommodate. Yeah, various he, different like he injuries. doesn't
1: pop in games like you know like, um, you know some guys do like you know you like Purfoy and and some other players where you're like whoa, you know they really kind of pop. But uh, you know for the Argos, he 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 has been an all star and. You know, for the coaching staff, he's a coaching staff all star. They should have the coaching staff all stars.
0: <laughs> yeah, They no, they should. And the uh, guys that just didn't have enough playing time, like like Amos and and Robertson Daniel, guys that yeah, I think I mean, probably Daniel would have definitely got, on. The, oh, I mean, he Daniel was on was track. definitely on that path. Yeah, no, for sure. But probably missed too many games. Uh Kicker. This one, kicker Boris Beattie, can, can we just you know sing the praises of Boris Beattie for a moment? Yeah. Is leading the league in punting average, leading the league in, oh, sorry, second in the league in field goal percentage. He was leading the league in field goal percentage until uh, Sean White went four for four and retook the lead this past weekend. But he's right there with Sean White for the lead. And he's leading the league, not just this season, but historically in kickoff average. The three things he's been asked to do he's been amazing at. And so for, for kicker, Boris Beattie is a no-brainer. Uh, but for punter, Boris Beattie's not eligible. And so even though he is actually as it stands now, and he's been punting for a while now. I think he's got what six or seven games punting under his belt. And he's to be number one in the league in that. That's saying something. So kicker has to be Boris Beattie. and punter. If you're looking to the Argos, John Haggerty is second in the league behind Boris Beattie. and so he's your guy for punter. Yeah. Special teams has got to be Javon Leak. Uh, there's a, as yeah. much as there's there's great players. There's Kasar. There's Adababoye. There's guys yeah, that have been I mean, great. I, that Edward. would be my
1: vote. My vote. Like obviously Leak has been fantastic and has earned a nickname um, of questionable um, worth. Uh, but he has been fantastic. He's been an absolute discovery. But you know, I I wouldn't you know I don't hate the Kassar vote either. He, especially he's come on a little lately. Um, kick coverage has been massive. Um, you know he that's kind of the classic idea of the special teamer. Um, you know flies down the field and makes makes those those plays that aren't necessarily noticed as they go quickly to commercial break. But uh, yeah, I, I think Kassar has, has, has become what we, we felt he would be, which is an absolute special teams uh, dynamo.
0: So that is your all-star voting. Make sure you go vote, find the hidden all-star ballot uh, on the CFL website, go through it, vote for the Argos that you believe deserve to be all-stars this year. And there are a number of them. And you don't have to take our advice, but that's, that's our voting strategy if you want to follow along.
1: And to, to jump in there at the end, you know, they have that fan favorite. What, I'm not exactly sure uh, what that's about, I guess, to kind of clean up whoever doesn't get nominated in their reduced nomination pool. Kind of a catch-all uh, uh, technique. But if I were to nominate somebody for fan favorite, I again, I don't know if it's a fan favorite, uh, but for me, it's, uh, it's Qantas Tigger's. I think he this his story, his inexperience, his ability to come in and become part of this team and sort of earn his way into the starting lineup then became like a basically indispensable tool for coach to move around, um, taking guys out in one-on-one man play, um, you know, coming up in the run. He, he's been unbelievable. Um, so like he's this fan favorite. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> If his name will ring out um, amongst the the faithful, but uh, I'm going to put one vote in for Stickers.
0: And he's a guy that a 21 year old, without ever playing a snap of college football, just went out and shut down Kenny Lawler and Geno Lewis in back to back weeks. Find yeah. find someone else with that with yeah, that history. He'll,
1: and he'll be, he'll be in an NFL camp next he year yeah. for sure.
0: Yeah, no, he will. All right, JB. No one should ever take gambling advice from us. Um, <laughs> however, uh, we should weigh in on this next story. The Argos have been made heavy Grey Cup favorites at all the sports books now. To win the Grey Cup, the Argos are now plus 110, which is basically even money. Basically saying it's a coin toss, Argos winning the Grey Cup. To me, this is, I, again, this isn't a betting segment, but to me, that's just terrible value. But I think it speaks to how dominant they've been against anybody they've gone up against and i think seeing cam dukes do what he did against the bombers i think only only improved or i guess um uh, improved their chances of winning or in the sports books view uh really i mean remember
1: i mean sport books you know their line is designed to as you well know to generate the most action not necessarily who they believe is going to win um, they may be stirring that anti-Toronto pot out there and make that, uh, you know, the anybody but Toronto bet uh, a little more inviting.
0: There's some value, like because Toronto's plus one ten, Bombers are plus one sixty five, which I don't think is good value at all either. No. But Lions at plus four seventy five starts to get interesting. Mm-hmm. Where it really gets interesting, you if you want to, you want to really uh, throw your money in the garbage. Stampeders, plus 15,000. Oh my
1: God. Stampeders.
0: Stranger things have happened.
1: Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. I, <laughs> I I loathe them and Saskatchewan and put them both on a plane to the moon. And, and how
0: many Argos teams have we seen over the years that have just barely snuck into the playoffs? Oh yeah, I mean, the CFL, high.
1: absolutely. It's just two if games. Just like some... any other league, you can just... You can just get hot for two games, and uh,
0: and you're in the Grey Cup. That's yeah. It. I
1: mean, the Argos have definitely stolen Grey Cups in their time, but uh, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I, I I mean, it makes sense. You know, being healthy, I think the Argos are certainly even with Winnipeg as 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 favorites. You know, I I really do think they, you know, barring an injury, they should get to the Grey Cup, and then you know, in a game, anything can happen. But uh, you know, I I do I do think it's not. It's not hype. This is a very deep, very good team.
0: Drake has a new chain, and it's making people upset. And this is one story in a long line of stories that makes Argos fans upset because Argos fans very correctly so believe that the Argos are forgotten about and should not be forgotten about because they are the the, the oldest team, the most successful team. Like, they are... Toronto sports, and yet they get forgotten about time and time again. uh, Drake's chain, if you haven't seen it, has it's a CN Tower, there's a Raptors logo, there's a Blue Jays logo, there's a Leafs logo, there's not an Argos logo. I'm not surprised by it. And yet I can't help but getting irritated by things like this every time I see them because the Argos just seem to get disrespected at every turn and I can't get used to it.
1: Well, I mean, this goes back to a hundred years ago. Again, one of my one of my articles that has gone off into the netherland uh, about the Argo's needing a celebrity um, hero sponsor, Drake, the Argo Drake. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see them try and figure that out to see if they can uh, if they can get that. Surely, MLSC has one of his numbers, if not his private numbers, somebody has one of his numbers. Um. You know, if they can get Drake to shout out the Argos or wear an Argo hat in a video, you know, maybe. Uh, I don't want Drake I'd love to find their own. Well, because that's the thing. Like, you never know. You never know. Like, I remember, you know, a thousand years ago, uh, Del the Funky Homo sapiens wore an Expos hat. And people were like, well, it was his Expos. And then, you know, it kind of took off a little bit. You know, th- they're always looking for that kind of stuff. Wouldn't surprise me if, like, wearing a CFL jersey in a video became a thing. Um you know, so maybe they can ask Masai to make a call and, and ask him about that. I
0: remember the piece you wrote. The, you know who I liked on your list? You had some great names on that list. And I think that was before, was that? I feel like that was like before some of some of these guys' careers like really took off. Um, yeah, Margaret
1: Atwood. I remember Margaret Atwood. Margaret Atwood, Atwood was is the... one
0: that I love. Now, her career was already, <laughs> that, that had taken off much before mm-hmm. your list and your article. But uh yeah, I, I, I do think there were... I think the think the weekend you had on there too, didn't yeah, you? That was weekend, before Keanu, Blending Lights. Yeah, that's right.
1: Uh, I thought we for sure uh, you know Sima Liu uh, before all that blew up.
0: Yeah, yeah, you that know? was that was ahead of its time. Yeah. If only they I mean, jumped on the weekend then.
1: Yeah, you know I don't know. I'd I'd like to see them do it. I don't I don't see any reason why they can't. Uh, you know I mean. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I would try and get some Drake love first, and then move on, move on, and try and find try and find somebody else. But uh, you know, they've got the they got the phone numbers. Somebody's got the phone numbers in that building.
0: And just to add on to the disrespect too, this on, is another okay, story if, that
1: if if pinball called Drake, come on, there's no no one it's in true. the world is gonna say no to pinball. It's true. It's not possible. There's no chance you can say no to pinball on the phone about whatever.
0: It is not possible. No.
1: So like, let's make it happen. Just get pinball on the phone with Drake. And then next video, it's got that new Argo Blue on. And then we're we're off to the races.
0: Uh, This past weekend, the Argos were uh, serving dinner at the Salvation Army. And this is just another, this goes along with the Drake chain, because it's, again, went unnoticed. The mainstream media not paying any attention to that. But the Leafs doing the exact same thing. End up uh, all over the media, so that was just. I know I had a, a few different listeners that reached out and wanted to vent about those things, and so it would tie them both into one segment. But yeah, we we feel you. We we feel the same thing. That is that is life as a Toronto Argonauts fan. It's it's constantly feeling like that, and the way that, to combat that is to keep bringing people out to games keep finding a friend that hasn't been to a game and having them join you for one because it that that does work we've seen attendance increase we've seen um, the involvement that the Argos have had with with uh, the youth around the GTA and that has slowly started to work. And it is gonna be slow, it's not an overnight fix, but that's what you can do is, you know, your part is bringing people down to the stadium, have them tune in get them to watch the game on TV. It's fantastic entertainment. And uh, yeah, that's that's how you can contribute to this. So at some point down the road, maybe not in our lifetimes, it's, uh, they're right up there with with every other team. Let's get into the game itself, JB. Uh, injuries first. So uh, a couple of injuries of note uh, that I want to talk about for the Argos, and then we'll kind of go through the Red Blacks too. But uh, Dejon Allen has not practiced the last couple days. That I'm not really surprised about. So we didn't get a chance to talk about this on the last pod because I didn't know for sure that it was an injury. He came out at halftime last game. He played, I think, I think he played the last snap of the first half came out at halftime, was replaced by Hunter, moved over to, to tackle. And I didn't think too much of it. But some people spotted him with a walking boot on the sideline. I still didn't think much of that. And I and I still don't uh, until we hear word otherwise. I think that probably if he was able to play through it, I think this is probably something that if this were a playoff game, he'd probably be playing. Again, I I don't know anything. This is just based on having seen him out there, clearly playing through it, makes me think that this is just, let's get him 100% healthy. There's no need. Why would you have him play the rest of the season at all? He's good. He's played all season long. So even if he's a bit nicked up, but he could play, sit him. Don't even think about playing him this week, but I wouldn't even think about playing him the rest of the season. Uh, Deshaun Amos did not practice. That is is not a surprise. Jamal Peters uh, still working his way back. Cam Phillips did not practice. Uh, He's on the injury list. Tiggy Sanko is one that uh, is interesting. He did not practice either yesterday or today. The reason this is interesting is because of how it affects uh, their global players. Because you... I've already got John Haggerty out. Um, now, he was, I think he practiced on a limited basis this week. Yeah, he did. The last two days, he's limited. But again, I wouldn't mess around with that. We're talking about a knee. Leave him on the shelf, too. Get him back to full health, even if he can practice limited. That's not the same. So maybe then to bring him out as a holder again. What I would rather see, they've got a couple other globals on the roster. Bring out Gachus, bring out Falola, one of those two guys. Gachus, I think I, I would actually like to see. But Boris Beattie is like, like super hot right now. So I don't know if you want to mess with that. What would you do? Are you, do you want to see Gachus as the global or would you go Falola so you don't have to mess with, uh, with Boris Beattie?
1: Um, yeah, I, I think you can, I think you can rest Beattie. I think he's, he's been around long enough and a pro long enough. That's not going to mess with him.
0: So then I think that's what you do then. If you feel good about that, you're more a special teams guy than me. Then that's probably the move I'd make this week to get your global player. Uh, for the Red Blacks, I, I don't know what their strategy is going to be this week. I, I just looking at their their injury report. Dustin Crum is going to be able to go. I think he went full in practice today. Brandon Dandridge did not, um, yeah, and uh, Justin Howell did not. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know. I, I would imagine you're going to see a Dustin Crum-led Red Blacks team that looks pretty similar to the team they put out last week. There's a lot of pressure on the Red Blacks. Over the next couple of weeks, you can tell just even from, even from you know what's in the media just today about Bob Dice and and how coaches is, is being a bit surly with the media. He feels the pressure clearly, and there needs to be some sort of change. Like last week was embarrassing; they just got they got annihilated, like flattened in a game that mattered a lot to them, and they just got crushed. And so, I do think they're going to come out with the best that they've got for these last two games both of which are against Toronto i i think there i think probably coaches are feeling the pressure to win those to in order to maybe save their jobs maybe to to salvage the season in some way so i think anyone that can play probably does this week for the red blacks all right, JB, let's get into our, our game preview. And I, I want to ask you a, a philosophical question here. And I think that kind of will suffice for our game preview. And that's, does the season record matter? And what I mean by that is that the Argos have an opportunity here to go 16-2 and two if they're to win these last three games, which would tie a CFL record for most wins in a season with the 1989 Edmonton Elks. And it would also set a new mark for the best argos season of all time. The Doug Flutie led Argos were 15 and 3 twice. This could best that. Is that record worth it to you? No. <laughs> Care to expand?
1: No, I mean no, I I, I don't think so. I don't like it, it, I mean, I don't think anybody, no one is ever going to compare this team regardless of what happens to the Flutie team. The Flutie team will always, you know, resonate in a way as kind of an uh, an eternal team. Nobody's going to talk about this team in that same breath. So I, I don't think it matters. I, I don't think it's, it's, it's going to be, uh, it's, I don't think it's going to put them on the same level in anybody's mind. And, you know, I think the less, pressure you have on being you know the greatest regular season finish of all time the better you know i don't i don't think they need that i'm okay if i'm okay if they lose a game or two here let's just you know very good regular season we don't we don't need to reach for any record that that nobody is going to uh you know talk about or care about because I, I you're not going to replace this flutie team with with any team you know like it just does not doesn't have the same feel
0: i agree with you but Check again the last week of the season. If the Argos are 15-2 and at that point, I may change a little bit in terms of what I feel, especially knowing there's a bye week on the horizon. So we'll see. We'll see. Right now, I agree. And one little uh, just uh, fun fact that I came up with while uh, looking at the different records, all-time records, two stood out to me that I think Argos fans will enjoy at the very bottom of the list in terms of worst records of all time you find two entries from the Hamilton Tiger Cats. One in 1949, where they went 0-12, which is, not that you can get a worse percentage than going 0-6, but 0-12 is just that much more fun. And, of course, the 1-17 season that we remember from 2003 which is like the baseball equivalent of winning nine games in a 162-game season. So uh, those I just saw as I was scrolling through that and uh, and kind of had a chuckle and I thought, I but there's some Argos fans that want to know. It's time for OCDC. <laughs> OCDC is brought to you by the Business Barbershop and Spa. They invite you to experience Etobicoke's premier licensed men's grooming lounge for hair, face, and body care, celebrating 10 years in the Kingsway. They are just steps from Royal York subway station in the Kingsway. Take a trip to Royal York. It's a short walk. Get in there. Book a haircut appointment. You won't regret it. It is the best place in Toronto to get your haircut. Check out the Barbershop, the Business Barbershop and Spa uh, in the Kingsway. All right, JB, let's get to it. I'll start things off with Ottawa. And uh, obviously, I'm looking at the offensive side of the ball. Ottawa wants to set a tone this week. They want to set this for not just this week, but for their last game of the season in week 21. And I think it starts this week with a pounding running game. I think if you were going to beat Toronto in some way, and I, I don't think Ottawa will, but I think if you're Ottawa, and I'm thinking as Ottawa right now, I want Toronto to start deciding that it is not worth it to keep their players in this game. And I think you do that by trying to physically beat up on this team because they're playing for something and and you're not. So... You come out hitting hard. It's Devontae Williams, it's it's Crum, it's Milanovic-Litre, and you are pounding the run game. You got play action off of that. But even your receivers, aside from being receivers, get them physically blocking downfield. Get them not just stock blocking, but attack blocking. Like going after DBs downfield and just make this about physical domination from the opening snap. And it's it's less about anything else to me. It's not about X's and O's. If I'm Ottawa, I want to send a message this week and that's how I would do it. What do you do for the Red Blacks defense, JB? Uh
1: well the Red Blacks uh have a pretty decent um front. Uh they've been able to um they they've not been able to stop the pass, but they have been able to stop the run and they have been pretty good at getting after the quarterback Uh, I think you have to kind of lean into who you are. So, you you know, I think you, you just, you're going to run blitz. You're going to send as much heat as you can at Kelly. Um, what, what do you have to lose? I think, I think that's you have to lean into your strength and hope that you can get there. Um, you know, as much as you can and, uh, you know, and hope that, um, that you're able to 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 put a little pressure on that offensive line that has not given up very many sacks. So it's a tall order. I mean, Ottawa does not win many games, um, so I think it's going to be hard for them. But you know, they do have a decent front, and I I do think they have the talent to get after Kelly. I I, I don't see what else you can do other than blitz like crazy and and hope for. Um, a a rush pick but uh, they have not been good at stopping deep passes they've not been good at stopping passes into the end zone um you know from a defensive coordinator point of view i I don't have a lot of confidence in ottawa being able to stop toronto um but you you do have to try and make them one-dimensional and they have been able to control the run so i think you just you really lean into that and uh, (laughs) um you know hope hope for the best
0: hope it's really windy
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, I know hope is not a plan. And uh, also Ottawa does not win many football games. So I think those two are probably connected. Switching over to the good guys.
0: For me, and this is, I've got a really clever plan this week, JB. It's hiding in plain sight. Nobody in the world is going to be looking at Toronto's film this week for the purposes of game planning in the playoffs. Because every team in the CFL that is headed to the playoffs knows that Toronto's not going to show anything. Toronto's not going to give you anything worth uh, a a, a cent in this week's game. There's no motivation for them to. If anything, they're going to throw you off. They're going to mislead you. They're going to plant seeds that they want you to study and to look at. With that in mind, I think you actually work on your stuff this week because I don't think anyone will even notice. I think you work on things that you're actually hoping you can do something with. This is a really uh, it's a little bit of a risk, but I again it's not me actually doing the coaching, so for this segment I want to do that. I want to work on the stuff that I want to see more of from Toronto, especially if all the starters are out there at, at when they won't all be out there at receiver, but a bunch will be. And so Work on rub routes. That's something I want to see Toronto do better, especially short yardage. Work on quick passes out of bunch formations. That's something I want to see Toronto do a bit more of. Work on your draw plays. These are things that I feel like they can add to their arsenal and clean up a little bit. And so with nobody watching, this to me is absolutely the time to do it. Nobody is going to look at this film more than just with a, a cursory glance, because it should be garbage in theory. And so... Uh, I, I think there's the opportunity to outsmart everybody and run run all the important stuff and, that you want to work on.
1: And you've got yourself a nice little TSN uh, catchphrase. Which is? Nobody's watching.
0: <laughs> God, that is...
1: Argo's Ottawa. <laughs> Nobody's watching.
0: That is not doing any good for anybody.
1: <laughs> what is your Toronto plan on defense, JB? Um, y- yes, I uh, Ottawa is not very good offensively. Um they are pretty good at running the ball. Um we I mean we talked about it like they definitely have the makings of a good team. They are not just a terrible team like like say Ottawa was back in 2019 when Ottawa and Toronto were uh cellar d- dweller buddies. Um you know there there is talent there. I think that they do run the ball well and I think Toronto's an incredibly hard team to run the ball on. Um so that is going to be a bit of a problem for them. Um, you know, I think defensively. I know nobody's watching, but uh, defensively, I, I don't see any need to, to get out of base. Really, I think you're you're looking to. You know, maybe you're playing like a cover two shell. Um, you know, that's that's the beauty of being a good team. Like you don't need to scheme up. You can just, you know, our cats better than your cats. And I know that sounds like a bit of a cop out, but like honestly, I d- I don't see any need. To scheme up anything in a lab to stop Ottawa I, I I don't think they're I don't think they're very good at passing the ball I think they're okay at running the ball but I mean they're not you know if they get down early they're not going to run the ball 42 times um so I think it's you know yet another um televised uh 12s exercise for the defense
0: JB it is time for put me down for 20. <laughs> While gambling can be a fun way for some to enhance their sports viewing experience, it's important to do so responsibly. Set a budget, never bet more than you're happy to lose. And if you or anyone you know is developing a problem with gambling, you can call the Ontario Problem Gambling Helpline, 1-888-230-3505. JB, you are down to your last 20 golden fleeces. It's
1: very exciting. Can I get? Can I get to the end? That's that the, is the, that's that the test is now. the question without having to uh, sign a uh, marker with Zeus. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to do
0: that because I don't know. We had never really entertained this possibility when we decided to start with two hundred golden fleeces at the beginning <laughs> wow. of the year, betting twenty a week. We thought, well, oh, that'll <clears throat> be fine. But True. Then... I feel
1: like there were some, there were some, there were some tough beats in there. and That's the case. I will make to Zeus uh, if if required.
0: All right, so uh, I'm standing at 300 Golden Fleeces. Uh, You are at 20. Uh, I'll give you honors this week. Um, No Argos bet right now because the line isn't up at all. No props bets are up right now. I think probably sites are waiting just to see who's playing for the Argos because that's a little bit up in the air. The same thing happened last week. So we will put our Argos bets down, confirm them on social media so that you know what the play is going into it. So, with your other ten golden fleeces uh what's the plan j b
1: um well i'm i'm gonna go with the uh, i'm gonna go with the b c lions i think that uh think that they're gonna be able to get it done um but i don't like any of the games this weekend at all uh but i i i think that b c is is getting healthy i think that they are a legitimate Grey Cup contender. I think they are legitimately the third best team in the league. Those might be, I might eat those words, but I think right now they're the third best team in the league. So I have BC 1-13 to at plus 125. Um, I I, th- I think they can get that done.
0: My Golden Fleece bets are based on, uh, well, a little bit, <laughs> it's it what I was going to do anyway, but seeing your BC bet, I kind of felt like, well, that confirms it for me. I've got the Hamilton Tiger Cats plus one sixty uh, because I feel like everything you touch right now. Uh, what's yeah. the opp- what's the opposite of gold?
1: Well, no. In my defense, what will probably happen like last week is that the stupid Lions are going to win by seventeen. Right. Not that I will get it that wrong, but that <laughs> it'll it'll be right, just just slightly not right. Where I can't believe not the Ram, but I can't believe Edmonton didn't score a garbage time touchdown to win me that bet. I didn't score any points at all in the second half. Yeah. No, come on. I mean, it was just made for a garbage time touchdown. I, you know, that was, that was pretty gross. So
0: yeah, my 10 golden fleeces on Hamilton plus plus one sixty. My other 10, I'm going to take Toronto by whatever the spread is, because I do think that the Argos are going to, Put up some numbers against Ottawa, and I think it will beat whatever that spread is. But I'll confirm that on social media as well. JB, it's time for our CFL picks, and here's an area where you are doing well, and you're ahead of me now with a three and one week. Last week, you were at forty six and twenty five on the there season. We go. I'm at forty five and twenty six on the I, season, looking to get. I'm not.
1: I'm not I, I really ponder the uh, juxtaposition of those two betting records, but nonetheless
0: so let's go through our games this week BC at Hamilton I'm taking Hamilton like I said you were taking BC we already established that one Saskatchewan at Calgary I have no Ugh. idea I have no this idea is, this what to is, do is with this is the moon
1: game yeah you know put them on an airplane like airplane 2 and <laughs> send them to the moon never to return I I had not been right once this season with either of these teams
0: that's not true but it's close
1: well we'll, we'll see when you whenever you get around to to quantifying that data so um what are you i'm going to take calgary because saskatchewan can uh can go pound sand i'm also gonna week. take
0: calgary because i just think it just feels like the story like saskatchewan uh, just needs one win they've needed one win for the last like six not, weeks
1: i am not speaking of that i am not watching that game that's gonna be <laughs> preposterous it's it's yeah, going to be amazing. Teams. Like
0: these, the, if, for those of you watching on YouTube, I've got the mini helmets behind me, which depict the standings in the CFL, the East Division, the West Division. I have not had to touch these helmets since for the, for the West since August 3rd, for the East <laughs> since mid-July. I've not had to touch a single helmet because they've stayed there like this. We haven't even seen, like Edmonton is back there. You can barely see them. Will this be the week? that I have to move a couple of helmets will will God. will something change so we'll see what we'll see what happens does Calgary uh, beat Saskatchewan here I think so but uh, we'll have to see Montreal at Edmonton here's another game I want nothing to do with uh, I'm gonna take Montreal I I don't even know why I Montreal's good I, I actually think they're the fourth best team in the league. I just I've never been blown away by them. There's they're not in the same tier as BC, Winnipeg, Toronto to me. They're just at the top of the next tier, or maybe they're on in a tier on their own. And I think after that big win last week against Montreal, traveling across the country to Edmonton, it's it's tough. But I, I think I got to take. I think I got to take Montreal. Uh, I think it's going to be a tight game.
1: I'll oh, just to go back. Here's 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 where these guys qualify their for their moon trip. So Saskatchewan is two and six away from home Calgary is two and five at home get you know take these teams and get rid of them Drive me Bonkers uh for that final game the same deal i I can't believe Montreal is just gonna keep rolling um I like them, but also they are a flawed team i i I think Edmonton gets it together at home um and and they get it done at home. I think they beat the L O S. I I just can't believe the Owls are are moving into that level of like we're just going to win every game now. I, I I like Edmonton there. I think I think you know I think they still have something to fight for. It's hard to tell. Could be it could be you know one two three Cancun time or you know one two three Banff time or whatever it is one does in Edmonton, but um. Yeah, so that's that's the wild card. Um, you know, are the are the are the trailers packed? But I'm going to go with Edmonton right now to beat the Owls. But if the Owls win by forty, then we know that was an airport game.
0: And we're both going to take Toronto over Ottawa. Yeah, that leaves us with predictions. So, what is the score? How does this one end? For me, as I said, it's a blowout. I think Toronto wins thirty-eight. 38- to 13, that's what I've got <laughs> written down. I think wow. this one is I think this one is over really early. And I think Toronto actually has an opportunity to get backups in early, and I think they put up points too.
1: Um I think I see it a little closer. I see Toronto winning uh,
0: 28-21. One thing is how we'll end things today. And my one thing is I want to get Tavares Daniels more involved. He's been Out of the picture for a little while. No, like he's been starting, he's been playing, but he hasn't had a lot of targets lately. Barely looked at last week. I think it's important for he and Chad Kelly to get back on the same page a little bit. So my one thing, six plus targets for DeVaris Daniels this week. What is your one thing, JB?
1: Uh, I'm going to go with a sack for Stiggers. I'd love to see a corner sack. I'd love to see that part of his game. Um, See what that looks like. And I'd love to see if they're if they take a look at that to see his uh see what his pass rush um skills are. So I, I I you don't see a lot of corner blitzes. Um certainly Peters was great. Uh I'm I'm gonna go with that. Stickers on a blitz for a sack.
0: That will just about do it for us on this pregame walkthrough edition of the X's and Argos podcast. Saturday, October 14th, seven PM Ottawa Red Blacks, at the Toronto Argonauts, at BMO Field. We'll see you at something in the water, or we'll see you at BMO Field for the game. For JB, this is Ben Grant saying so long, and may all your pre-snap reads be good ones. I'll see you.